Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I thought the first half we moved the ball and shot the ball well, probably as, as well as we have. We have played... Um, we've shot the ball better uh, in some of our road games this year and I thought we got good shots and we made them the foul situation hurt us tremendously I thought we did the things uh, offensively uh, that would we're, we've, we've done on occasion but I think we were really uh, much better tonight than we've been and I think it's something we can build on but you know we knew coming in this stretch of games that it was going to be difficult I didn't. No, I didn't put them on the line. No. Three guys with whistles put them on the foul line. I mean, what do you make of that? I thought there were some bad calls, but that's just the way it goes sometimes. Our forwards really didn't rebound tonight. You know, both our starting forwards had three rebounds each. That's not gonna. That's not gonna get it done. Yeah, and our biggest problem is O'Shea shot the ball really well last year uh, from the three-point line and made his free throws and. You know, he just has struggled. He's really struggling shooting the ball, and, you know, he works every day, he shoots every day, he works at it every day, but he just has not shot the ball well. Welcome to the Q's Militia Podcast with those two unapologetically biased, orange-blooded homers, Sean and Joe. What's up, Q's Nation? Thanks for tuning in to the Q's Militia Podcast with Sean and Joe. If you like it, please subscribe. Please share it. The universal handle for the socials is at Q's Militia. Go there. Join the militia. We are the only Syracuse sports podcast giving the fans a platform. So Syracuse, they did make a showing in North Carolina, but they uh, become part of their own demise there, losing a close one, 93-85. You'll hear from us. We'll hear from you in the fan feedback top 10. And the Orange will head back to North Carolina Saturday, March 2nd, to take on the Demon Deacons at noon. So there is that. Now, um, sorry, we're late. We're a day late. Sometimes I have to wait on Joe. Sometimes it's 15, 20 minutes, a half hour maybe sometimes to record the show. Sometimes it's a whole day. So that's 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 what happened. We had Joe needed oh, beauty God. sleep. I mean, what are you going to do, you know? Jeez. What's a guy going to do? He needs beauty sleep. So <sighs> anyway, before we get before we get into all the the uh, fun stuff we got planned for this show, which is the same stuff we normally have planned for every show, except for it's a different team, different day. Um, we got to tell you about our friends over at Tix Blitz. Tix Blitz is the official uh, ticket provider for the Armchair Media Network. Unlike other ticketing providers that sneak in all those extra fees and unexplained service charges at the end of the day, Tix Blitz 
At TickSplits, the price you see is the price you pay. Unnecessary fees should not prevent you from event or concert of your choosing. So go to TickSplits.com and enter the promo code ARMCHAIR at checkout to receive 5% off your total ticket purchase. That's T-I-X-B-L-I-T-Z.com. Promo code ARMCHAIR. Guaranteed seats. Guaranteed emotions. TickSplits. Okay. So. Yeah. Yes, tick splits. Thank you. Um, all right, what do we got first? What do we got that first? That was good. So, that was good. Thank you. Thank you. Um, uh, let's do this. Let's do this. So, news came out. Howard Washington, he medically redshirted again this year. People have been wondering before. He actually played a little bit this year, but people were wondering, you know, why is he medical redshirting? Is it ACL tear that he still had going on? But apparently it wasn't. If you haven't heard, he actually suffered a seizure in September um, going from, oh, I believe it was going from a workout to chemistry class. I thought it was a stroke. Or, or, what did I say? Seizure. No, okay. Seizure. It's a stroke. My bad. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, he suffered a stroke going, um, you know, luckily he was, he was on campus and they had, you know, they brought him to the, I think it was upstate. So, um, you know, he's good now, but what a scary thing for a kid that age to suffer a yeah. stroke and not know what's going on. And his brain's working, and he just can't. He just can't. He said he couldn't. You know, couldn't speak. Right. Um, yeah. So, anyways, really scary, but he's doing good, and he he medically redshirted this year, so um, we'll likely be able to see him again next year, hopefully. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's good that he was around. You know, people because when that kind of thing happens, yeah, couple, really, it's. Yeah. I mean, the longer you wait to get to the medical facility, you know the. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, he had the blood worst clots it is, in you his, know, so. Yeah, he had yeah. blood clots in his neck or something like that. So. Yep, 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 yep. That's what caused it, and that is freaking scary. And he had two two uh, two kids from his chemistry cl- class, I guess, that helped him out. They saw him struggling, right. and he hit the ground, yep. and, and they helped him out. So, um, thanks to them. That's, yeah. you know. Uh, so, anyways, uh, Jeffrey Gunter, we we heaped praise on Jeffrey Gunter. He was a, yeah. a transfer coming to Syracuse, but he will end up with NC State. So uh, he's from Durham, and he he wanted to go back home. So I can't fault him for that. He wants to be back home. His mama wants him there, I'm sure. So it is what it is, unfortunately. Yeah. So what are you gonna do? You know? Right. Yeah. Can't really. I mean, you'd like to have seen him came, uh, come to the to the school, uh, to the team. I was kind of excited about it. But again, you know, you can't blame a kid were, for making those decisions. That's an understatement. You were pretty pretty freaking excited about it. Hey, man. You were. Yeah. You were. Thought we, and, you know, it would and, have been a perfect replacement once uh, Alan Robinson and, and Kendall Coleman leave next year. So Yeah. Um, and then the last thing is I want to thank – thanks for all the feedback on the Q story that, that I did with the Syracuse mascots. Um, I did get a, a lot of feedback. Everybody seems to like it. Either that or no one wants to be rude. I'm a big, but I'm a big boy. I can handle it. Um, but um, I've got so many ideas for this series, and especially during the off season. Of course, I want to get Joe on, on as many of these as possible. Um, you know, and I want to thank Armchair as well for for working with us on that for some wiggle room on a couple of things. But um, they're made to be evergreen. I want these to be able to. You know, our episodes expire so quick. I mean, yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, and people still listen to them, which is great, but these don't expire. So they're always right. there and they'll always be there. They'll always be in the archive and you can always go back or tell a friend. And so um, we want to do more. They, and I think it, it's cool. It's something that no one else is doing. And that's, oh, definitely. that's um, 
That's what we're trying to do at the Cuse Motors Podcast anyway. So, all right. Well, Syracuse dropped 18-10 and 10 overall, 9-6 and six in conference play. Now, this one stings a bit for me, and it was not only the opportunity missed to be a top-five team, but the Orange, they just shot the ball so good in this game, and we've just struggled so much shooting, and they had just a stellar game, 48.3% from the field, 45.2% from uh, beyond the arc. Instead, it was some of the little, you know, the elementary things, I guess, that mm. Syracuse couldn't overcome against UNC. The the 10 missed free throws for one, they were 13 for 23, 56.5%. Yeah. That's a killer. I think five of those came from Brissett alone. Brissett is one for nine now in the last two games from the from the line, so he's got to clean that up. The Tar Heels shot a lopsided 37 free throws. That's another reason. And um, that is actually more than any Syracuse opponent in 19 years. Got to go all the way back to 2000 versus Tennessee, where they shot 34. So um, UNC actually made 34 of 37. So uh, the refs suck. We know that. I think it's plain and simple. I thought they were bad during, during the Duke game. I think they were worse at the UNC game. But the Orange were out-rebounded by 21. Okay, UNC yeah. had 10 more offensive boards. They had 11 more on the offensive end. Brissett, Chuku, and Dolajai, they combined for 11 altogether. But despite all of that, but despite being out-rebounded by 21, uh, UNC yeah. only scored three more second chance points in SU, 16 to 13, and I thought that was great. But the tail of the tape at the end of the game goes as this Brissett. He hit a jumper. He brought it to within three. White would respond with a three. And then a bad pass on the ensuing possession by Syracuse would bounce off a ref. It would stay in bounds. Uh, Cody White would scoop it up and take it to the hole. And Syracuse wouldn't close the gap by less than five for the rest of the game. Those 85 points, though, that Syracuse scored in this game were the most that they've scored in regulation all year. Ty's battle, he turned it up after scoring six in the first half with 29 29 points, five assists, and five rebounds. And you look at the box score, Joe. Everybody contributed. Yeah. Everybody did pretty good, despite despite Brissett's struggle at the line and struggle from behind the arc. He still scored 10 points. Elijah Hughes was solid with 15. And, you know, Frank Howard had 11, 7 assists. I think that's a season high for him so far this year. Yep. Uh, Buddy Beheim did good it's with close. his minutes at 8 points. And Dollar's eyes, you know, he scored 8 points, but ended up falling out. Um This one for me just hurts, Joe, and I'll say it again because of how well they really did play on offense. You know, we don't get those types of games, uh, you know, all the time time where they are that efficient on offense, and they jumped out to a 15 6 lead, and it was just so close the whole game. Again, very reminiscent of Duke. Almost almost like a wasted effort. Yeah, I guess that's a good way to put it. Yeah. Right. And again, there were some reasons for it, and obviously free throws, again, would have kept us close. And we look at the rebounding. You you hit on that, and the, the free throws that they shot, uh, 37 free throws, and, and they, they hit 34 or 37. Um, and that's a lot of points from the free throw line, and that's really the story of the game. And it's a third of their perf- points. <laughs> well, and, that could, and to be perfectly honest with you, that could have been something or had to do with something with the rebounding too because when you're in foul trouble, you kind of got to – pump the brakes on the aggressiveness a little bit so you can stay in the game. So who knows if that had some type of effect on, on the rebounding. Uh, but we do know that North Carolina is a good rebounding team. So I, I was expecting them to out-rebound this anyway. Uh, but again, like what you said, when you shoot better percentages than the other team from three and from the field goal line, uh, it's just 
uh, like you, it's like tough. I said, it's tough to swallow, effort. isn't it? Yeah, right. Yeah, it's tough and to you swallow. You got a guy that shoots thirty-five or that gets thirty-five. You know, Kobe White's they, a good player. They kept Luke May in check. Luke May went off yeah. against Duke. Yeah, they kept. Well, I mean, it was it was Kobe White and free throws. That's really all. Kobe it was. White and free throws. When you, when you really look at it, I mean, he did hit ten free throws. Cam Johnson but, was so, was decent, but you know. Yeah. Well, between between free throws and Kobe White, they had fifty nine points. Yeah, that's crazy. Well, you got you would have to deduct any of. Well, his. I did. I did deduct. Oh, you it. did. He okay. Shot, he, yeah, he shot ten free throws, so that's twenty four points to his thirty five. Is fifty. Wow, he, he went ten for ten from the line. Oh my yeah. gosh, he was yeah. on fire. Yeah. Holy cow! He was, yeah, he was like a man possessed out there. Yeah. And he, he played really, really good. And he played and, really good, and I've watched him, and he's played like crap. So it was like. Well, I listened to the Roy Williams post conference and um, post game press conference, and he talked about that. He talked about how he felt like he hasn't shot good like the last three weeks. So um, he just he said that he was due for a game like that, and it just <laughs> happened to be us. <laughs> Go so. figure. Go right. figure. You know. Yeah. I mean, and again, and again, when it comes to it, too, when you when you look at it, uh, you know me. Without you know, I don't want to. I don't like blaming the refs, but. I don't it's either. Just, you know, I don't It just either. seemed like almost everything was a foul. That was really bad. It was. It was really bad. I, I, I thought I thought the Duke game was about calls that uh, – Calls in the general. Refs, this well, was, the calls that the refs missed or didn't yeah, make. And sure. I think this one was all about just everything got called on us. I mean, 37 free throws. Come on. I mean, that was insane. It was yeah. insane. I think they were like yeah. 24 for 26 in the first half. Something like that. I just, I don't. Yeah, I think the 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 foul was was fourteen to six in the first half. We had fourteen fouls. Yeah, we had fourteen fouls called on us, so they're six in the first half. That's why Bayheim hit on the first half. It really hurt. It hurt him because he had to sit players, and it allowed them to get some momentum and creep back in the game. Yeah, it's starting off fifteen to six. They were just on fire, man. Gosh, if we could start like that all the time, but um, you know, it is what it is. It yeah. is what it is. Well, and battle and battle had that great spurt too. Yeah. So. Well, and he's you know, known. I mean, he's known for that. Yeah. But, Again, um, like you said, it was a great effort. Uh, they covered the spread. Hit the my book you picked. Yeah, that's true. And again, I think. I mean, I, I at work, I talked to a couple. You know, I worked with some North Carolina fans, and they were kind of impressed, and we had them a little nervous and on the ropes for a little bit. You know, so I mean, we a- got we got into we got within two points. Within seven eight minutes again, kind of just like the Duke game, got within five the last couple minutes, just like the Duke game. You know we're playing against good teams, and we get down to a point where we can get in position to make some plays and win, and we just haven't we haven't figured out a way to do it yet. So hopefully, by going through these experiences against teams that some some people think are going to make the Final Four, Elite Eight, you know, better have a good chance of winning the national championship. So uh, hopefully, we just we just. We uh, we learn from this, and it's just an experience, and we just learn how to play the last five minutes when we get these good teams close. Um, I don't want to pick on Brissett, but mm. he he went he went and did he went and had three double double games: Pittsburgh, Florida State, and Boston College. He combined in those games forty six points and thirty six rebounds, and in the last four games, he's had thirty five points and twenty two rebounds, and he's shot. 25% in that stretch of four games. So yeah. he's got to clean it up. Battle, he does um, move into 17th place 
all time on the uh, all time points uh, list for Syracuse University with 1,589. He passes the likes of Roosevelt Bowie, Brandon Trish. Uh, he needs another 25 points to pass Dave, Dave Johnson in 16th. So hmm. he's moving up there no. quick, man. Oh he's yeah, moving up quick. I remember when well, he was he's having some 20. really good games. He like again, he played really good. He had that burst in the second half, and that's the burst that we talked about that he didn't have at Duke. Uh, I think if we if he had that burst against Duke uh, in the second half, then we probably I mean I, we probably would have obviously would have had a better chance of winning. Uh, yeah, but we didn't have anybody else step up. I thought Elijah Hughes and Frank Howard did enough in the first half. Obviously, uh, with other people hitting some decent shots or big shots, and then Battle had his spurt to keep us in, but we just again, like I said, just couldn't make the shots, and we got down within under eight, seven minutes. Yep. All right. Well, let's hear from fans. What do you say? Yes, sir. It's time to hear from you, the loud mouths from the Loud House, the best damn college sports fans in the nation. All right, you guys know where to go. At Cuse Militia on Facebook and Twitter, I always propose a question at the end of every game, uh, provoking your thoughts. Always go there. Always leave them. I may not always pick you, but the select few make it. And they're always – most of them are always really good. Most of them are are usually really good. Most of them are usually pretty positive. And it's just a a pleasure going through and reading them. So I'm going to start with – Let's start with Facebook. I got Mike Mike F. Horrible rebounding, horrible missed foul shots. Too many times we didn't drive the ball when we had the matchup. Uh, and point guard play is very weak. And how can we allow a guy to score 32-plus points, hit your free throws, and you win the game? Simple as that. Well, if you hit them all, you won. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. And, and there's, well, there's a lot there. There is a lot there. Do you want to think? Go ahead. If, well, you're talking about a guy that dominates the ball, who's a point guard, and a team that really only goes six players deep, you know, talking about big minutes. So, uh, Kobe White, he usually plays a lot of minutes, and uh, against the zone, if you pass the ball around enough, then we know that we can give away some open shots. Yeah. So, and he, stepped up and he made a bunch of shots in 33 minutes that he played 34 points. Yeah, exactly. And unfortunately for Syracuse and us, the fans, uh, he was on fire and that is, that, that is a negative of the zone. Now, a lot of times, a lot of times if the rotation's good, it just stifles them and they can't do anything. So, no, and let's not get it twisted either. This is not like this is like a bum or a bench player. This oh, guy's exa- a, oh, absolutely. he's a true freshman that's already on the NBA boards. He's an NBA player. So oh, absolutely. Uh, when you play against players like that, then this this can happen. Yeah, uh, and it's happened three other times this year. Yeah, yeah, and it, I mean countless times. You know, we we've talked about this. So well, I'm much. talking about Kobe White. I mean, that oh, was okay. his four, third or fourth thirty point game this year. It's true freshman. Oh, so okay, all right. Um, Rocco says, ref stole it from us. I'm usually the type of fan who makes fun of fans who say things like that, but the foul disparity did us in. Um, you know, I'm not the one, I'm not one to rail on the refs, like as we have the past two games, but I mean, I don't know if they stole it from us, but I mean, it's hard to say that it's hard for me to, to say that, but it was just awful 
It was just well, awful. It's funny too because <laughs> I don't think you see I don't I don't think you would see that type of disparity if it wasn't Duke North Carolina back to back. You know what I mean? I mean, like, it's a good point. Like, like it just dogpiled on us after watching Nick Duke. Uh, and we thought that I was I mean, bad, I told then... you, I talked to the Duke fan. Uh, oh, yeah. Tell work. that story. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, t- I talked to the Duke fan at work about, you know, just I thought it was kind of weird about us. And Duke only having two fouls called and I'm going into like, you know, under a minute in the first half. And just I just talked about how it's just weird. I just it's kind of weird the calls sometimes we get in the ACC and this. And he kind of laughed Weird's about one it. Word. He didn't, yeah, yeah, you know, he kind of laughed about it. Didn't really say too much because obviously he's a Duke fan and he won. Uh, and then he ended up watching the Syracuse North Carolina game, and he came up to me the next day and he was like, "I kind of see what you're talking about about that ref thing in the ACC." And it was just funny because then he had an unbiased view because he didn't have a dog in the race. I mean, he obviously probably wanted Syracuse to win because he's a Duke fan, and that's right. what Duke and North Carolina fans do. That was another funny thing throughout a week at work. You know, one game, you have a bunch of North Carolina fans coming up to you like, come on, get them, get them. And then literally two, three days later, you got Duke fans coming up to you. Come on, get them, get them. So we've, we've wondered openly and probably on this show, maybe not this year, but last season or the season before where we openly said, I mean, is there a bias against SU and the refs in just in the ACC? Like, I, I mean, it seems that way sometimes, and that's the perception, but sometimes perception is everything. So, I mean, well, a lot of times when I see it, it comes to a lot of the times that I've seen it, like blatant, especially like when we first got into the ACC, when we were playing against Florida State and Clemson in football, and then obviously the Blue Bloods of North Carolina and mm-hmm. Duke. Uh, I think it, that just comes down to a lot of times, you know, you ever heard like the player gets the call type thing? I feel like sometimes. The teams get the call. I'm not saying it's right. No, I hear what you're saying. But yeah, I just it's it's tough. It's tough. It is tough. It is. It's um, tough because you want to be unbiased about it, but when you watch us playing against Duke, and then that you see the first half discrepancy, and then you see the first half discrepancy of and you know refs. I'm not saying they do it on purpose, but that kind of stuff with the with the fouls in the first half that kind of sets up the game. Like Beheim had to sub some people out. So DB came in. I, I, you know, he doesn't come in that often in ACC games. He, he has to come in because of anything either. Well, that's neither here nor there. I'm just literally <laughs> speaking that it changes the outcome right. in the way that you have to coach and play the game from the first half all the way on through. So, yeah, I saw a number of, of intelligent sports minded people, though they are from Syracuse, but they don't usually talk about refs. I saw them, you know, saying, you know, five on eight out there. This is ridiculous. And so it's hard for me when you see people that don't usually say things like that, say that. It makes me feel better that, you know, like, you know, okay, well, I guess I'm not alone in it. You know what I'm saying? Obviously, the fans is easy. I could could go to any, you could watch any game and fans are going to complain about the refs, but is it legit? So, you you know, well, me as a fan, what I do is, the refs set the pace and it could be any type of game. And as a player, you have to feel the refs out, but as long as it's consistent. And my problem is, is that it just it didn't just feel not, consistent. No, absolutely not. not and the, like close. you saw some of the players, you saw some of the, um, the commentators sometimes I mean, a couple of times they called out that they were missed calls. 
and I know there wasn't yeah. any missed calls against us. Yeah, because exactly. I mean it was like everything. So it was bad. Like I said, if you want to call Tiki Tech and send people to the line and make it a two and a half hour game, be my guest, but make it consistent in both ways. Yeah, exactly. That's that's what it comes down to, Joe, is being consistent. If you're gonna suck it, blowing fouls then suck on both sides of the ball. Um, all right, Salvatore says it's it's all the same, same old, same old, NIT bound perhaps. And then uh, uh, Jermaine says NIT bound now. Guys, listen, I am, you know, if you're a regular listener to the show, you know that's BS. That's total yeah. BS. Uh, in uh, quad one, we're three and six, okay? In quad two, we're five and three. In quad three, we're six and one, and in quad four, we're four and zero. Oh. We have one bad loss in Georgia Tech right now. One, one. Yeah. And we are we've won uh, a third of our quad one games, and we got two more on the schedule. Yeah. Let, come on, let's be a little and we, bit realistic yeah, and here. We, we have a lot of positive things on there too, Sean. Uh, just the fact, like our way, our way record is good this year. Um, and on top of the fact that we beat Duke at Duke and our strength of schedule is pretty high. So there's a couple things there, but again, like I talked about last time, uh, the bubble's weak this year. I mean, we're 18 and 10 and Joe Lenardi still got us in as an eight seed. The, uh, bracketmatrix.com still has us as the first number nine seed. Um, I think we're up to 38 in, uh, Ken Palm. Uh, so yeah, I mean, you look at these matrix and you look at all these, uh, these a- analysts and analysis, you know, Syracuse, well, net rankings were 44. So yeah, we're, we're right still. there. Yeah. So like, again, the thing is, is that it comes down to, again, the next game. We talked about the first three and, and the teams that we played against, they were all going to be good teams. And as long as we got one, then I thought we were going to be okay. We got one. So now it comes down to wake forest. So we beat Wake Forest, gets us out of the clear, gets us to 10 wins in the ACC, right? Yeah, and you know, yep. we've talked 10, 11. We need I think right. 11's solid in. And and then that makes it to where Virginia's not a game that really again, I, I Another think Another opportunity. Yeah, we've lost I think we've lost the last two games and we moved up in Ken Palm. Yeah, cuz of the way so, we played. Well, it's the way we played, yeah. but it's also again, it's the strength of schedule. Yeah, absolutely. When you play that team that's got a single digit next to it that affects your rankings and, and all your your stats just that much more. So that's why Virginia is really not going to matter, especially where we are right now. What's going to matter is staying away from losing what a quad three or what is a quad four or something oh, like that. Wake game. Force is a quad four at best. I think I they're one eighty five. Yeah, they're yeah they're like one eighty something. Yep. So, so they're they're bad. They're bad off. Yeah. That would be our worst loss this year. Yeah. So, again, that's really, you know, and I hope it doesn't happen because I'm going to be there. Oh, yeah. So, going to be there. Um, Steven says, proof that charity, especially for North Carolina, really does begin at home. The whining of our guys at the refs didn't help. Frustration mixed with lack of maturity. Once again, our dual identity comes back to bite us. Dr. Jekyll in the first half and Mr. Hyde in the second. North Carolina is really good but still think we lack good senior leadership, as in Howard. Well, Stephen, you should be 
mocked and ridiculed for that statement and raked over the coals because that's what happened to us. But I will say, I will say that you're always going to have guys chirping back at the refs because yep. they feel slighted. It's really hard to keep it in. I don't think it's a lack of maturity. I think it's a it's a it's more overwhelmed with frustration than a lack of yeah. maturity. Because uh, Tyus no, Battle is one of the most mature guys on the court. Yeah, and he's but the, one of he the biggest is, uh, chirpers. Absolutely emotional as well. Exactly, exactly. Um, the leadership, you know, you've got Tyus. You know, Howard's going to be playing more off the ball now. That's kind of his natural spot anyway. It was in high school, and that's what we're going to have. It's what we're going to see, I think, a lot more of now. But you got Tyus. You know, I like seeing the huddles, though. I like seeing it how, you know. You know what I'm saying, Joe? Yeah. To, to I was my just, point. What, yeah. as far as, like, being, like, a captain and having yes. some leadership? And, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I think Tyus, I think he's more and more getting into it, I think, as – They've lost a couple games they probably shouldn't have, and their backs seem to have been against the wall. I think he knows what's on the table. He knows that it's his last year, and I think as the pressure kind of builds, not really the pressure, but the end of the season, and uh, you know, less and less um, games that you can, you know, for lack of a better word, I don't really know how to. You just don't have that much more losses that you can have. And he's seeing it come to an end a little bit, you know. Once you get past these next three games, it's you lose and you're done. So, yeah, uh, I th- I think that's actually giving him a little bit of a sense of urgency to become more of the leader out there. And I think that players are starting to feed off it a little bit more. Again, it just comes down to the consistency of the little things. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and again, uh, Beheim hit it. He hit on it a little bit with the um, press conference. There's just some players that played good last year and you expect the jump. And I think uh, some expectations of some players that were returning haven't been met. And oh, we were talking forced. about Brissett. We were talking about Brissett's going to be gone this year. You remember? Yeah, we were. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, thought it was a no brainer. The double doubles. He was just dominating. I, I know yeah. the foul and line. Now, he was like 80 something percent from the foul line last year. Yeah. So, but again, I mean, things happen. Um, uh, there's uh, there might be a rhyme or reason, but we are not going to find out. We're not going to know, and just hope that certain players can kind of get it together here once they get to the point where they're not going to be able to lose too much more. Well, the good thing is, so. is we have a solid forward for next year too. I mean, not that we don't coming in and things like that, but you know, percent. Well, yeah, I mean, I'd I'd hate to look at it like that. It's more or less just again expectations between years um, and seasons. You know, they, they grow, and sometimes when they're just not met, you know, it's just a lot of negativity, and, and you know, that's what we've gotten with Frank and O'Shea back and forth a little bit here and there. I mean, I don't think one time last year we said anything about him shooting too many threees or him no, not no. shooting good free no, throws. He was doing so. good. He was hitting them, yeah. Um, Chris, right. Chris, so. Yeah, Christopher James says, I really thought we played a pretty great game offensive-wise, but when you miss that many free throws, you aren't going to beat UNC. It boggles my mind how good a free-throw shooting team they are and how poorly Cuse hits their free throws. We all knew going into this that we were going to get out-rebounded. UNC always eat out-rebounds. Always rebounds the ball as good as anyone in the country. There Bottom he is. Li- yeah, I know. I was doing so damn good. Bottom line is if we hit our free throws in this game, this was anyone's game because as bad as we shot from the line, the game was still in reach for us. 
yeah, a long way there, Christopher James. A long way there, buddy. But I get your point. As bad as we shot free throw wise, we were in the game the whole time because they shot. 48.3% from the field and 452 from three. And it was the yeah. first game we lost this year where we hit 10 or more threes. Um, and it's just, well, there goes that stat. <laughs> right? We used yeah. it a couple times. but um, well, Yeah, but it, a, a team that's that talented can do that too. But the, the rebounding, though, he's got to, I mean, they are, they've all, they've just, they're just so good at UNC at, at uh, the boards, on the boards. And it's just, they turned, yeah. they turned it up hard in the second half and it was freaking. Oh, yeah. Like I said, I think, I mean, you knew it was coming. You knew, I, I knew they were going to get out rebounded. But again, you don't know how much of that, you know, like I said, the foul trouble had to do with that. We could have maybe, Slim that down a little bit, but either way, it was just because they found 34 points on the free throw line. I mean, that was the game. It's yeah. 20, a, a difference of 21 points on the free throw line. That's just ridiculous. I know it's stupid. Um, more brilliant analysis from at Orange Bias. Not happy. Well, I don't think any of us were. At Diehard Q's fan, it's always something. Either we miss free throws, give up too many rebounds, shoot poorly. I mean, the bottom line is we lose too much, and we are not consistent. We play bad teams score team. We play bad teams and score fifty. <laughs> I feel like we are out coached too much. JG three starts next year. This team is different. We need a new coach. Um, I don't think were we out coached when we played Duke in Cameron Indoor this year. I mean, how can you say that we were out coached against Roy Williams even in this game? We weren't out coached. We weren't out coached. We weren't out coached when we lost. The game. We were out refed. <laughs> if anything, we were out refed. <laughs> but we weren't out coached. We might have been no. out coached against Virginia Tech. Maybe that was a brutal game. But again, you got a Hall of Fame coach. Everybody rides Jim Beheim so hard because he won't break away from the zone. But how many times has that actually been saving grace for Syracuse? You know, just, you're just you're not going to win every game. You're not going to shoot a high percentage every game. That's just, that's what it is. When you look at teams averages of shooting and they're in the forties, that means that that's the average, which means that just as many times as they're in the high forties and close to 50, they're right down in the high twenties to low thirties. So it's just, it's an on and off game and it comes down to the little things. And again, like we said, with rebounding and free throws, that's what got us this time. That's all there is to it. Yeah. It's not coaching. No, we weren't out coached in that game. I'm just, I mean, I'm not trying to be, I'm not trying to like I'm not vehemently disagreeing with you. That's an opinion, obviously, but I would say no. I don't think so. Uh, right. At Geo Heater, I'm flipping out. Kobe White is a baby. Whoa, Geo, jeez, a little sore there. We uh, we allowed way too many offensive rebounds. Hughes disappeared in the second half after a great first. Refs awful. Came to, I've never seen Geo, by the way, use so much caps on on his tweets. Came down to free throws and rebounds. I still love my team. Hard to fault our boys after an 85-point performance. On to Wake Forest. Go Qs. Yeah, and that's why I was so heartbroken. 85 points. Um, the 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 offensive efficiency was freaking yeah. phenomenal. It's what we it's what we look for. And 99% of the time, you're gonna freaking win that game, even if yeah. you miss 10 free throws, right, Joe? Scoring 85 oh, yeah. points. Right. But again, a lot of it too, when it comes to a lot of people that again. 
these games, they, they help the strength of schedule that sometimes they help your ranking. They don't really hurt you that much. And again, how you play it not only helps with those statistics as well, but it also helps with the perception when you're on ESPN primetime, it, it helps with the perception of, wow, you know, this, this is a tournament team. Like people yeah. are watching this people that right. are Absolutely. in the committees that are watching, you know, so you got to look at the positive part of that. You know, you're not getting blown out by 20. It was a good game. I think uh, anybody who watched that knew that the refs had a little bit to to do with, you know, that and obviously the free throw uh, yeah, shooting. Absolutely. So, sure. It's never you know. one thing, Joe, right? So it's never no, one thing. It's not it's ever the... one thing. No. And like, again, you don't want to blame one thing. But again, if you want to take a positive from anything, obviously it's the shooting. And obviously it's the fact of like the perception when you see a team that's unranked that can play with these teams. We played primetime Duke on ESPN, primetime North Carolina. People saw us beat Louisville. So that's three games straight. The perception on us is that right now we're a tournament team and we're a team that if we get hot, we can we can upset people. Yeah, absolutely. Especially if they're not in our conference. You know, play some of these some of these outside teams that don't play us every year and they're gonna be on their heels. I mean it's right. as simple as that. When they're not used to a zone, and they can yeah. they can jump up on you. Yep. At if not now when eighty four. Okay, you like that? Did that? Yeah, pretty, it did that good. pretty good that time. Nice and uh, slow. Re, 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 <laughs> I know, right? Rebounding was atrocious. Free throw shooting was abysmal. Refs sucked. Beep. It's very nasty, Joe. Uh, but we are still. Uh, <laughs> but we were still in it to the end. I'm getting sick of these close games. We can't close out. Frank played great again. Eli came Eli came back to life. Tyus was getting close. We need more. Go Cuse. Yeah, like Coach said, you know, this is a great, this is a, another good game. A long tag, you know, paired up with the Duke loss. They're great games to build off of. They're great confidence yeah. boosters, I think. You know, they right. shot pretty decent in both games. They kind of blew it out of the water in this game. They just came up short against a really good team. Yeah. You know, and when you're a player, you see this thing. You see these things. When you're a player and you look at uh, these stats and you you kind of see how the game's playing and how it feels out. You you see it. You, yeah. you see it. Yeah, so absolutely. again, um, they they if you're walking out of there, your head's got to be held high. You know that that's a team that you you played your heart out and you know what happened in that game. So again, you might not get a, a W in in that column, but. Uh, in your head, like you said, you get that little confidence boost of, you know, we had that. And I know I'm going beyond my 10 here, but we missed a day, and I'm just so happy to be behind a microphone right now. Oh, yeah, I got a couple more. God, I'm sorry. Uh, at, they're, they're quick. At Tony Q's 44, this team has so much potential that it seems they can never fully live up to. See great spurts from different pieces, but never all of them working together for a complete game. Well, we, it's happened a couple times this year, but I get it. I get it. You know, you put everything. You have to be so perfect when you play Duke, when you play UNC, when you play Virginia Tech, when you play uh, UVA, when you play those teams, you got to put together an almost perfect game. It's hard to do. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Those teams are, you're, you're talking cream of the crop, probably three of the top five, six, seven teams. So, it's it's tough, like you said. You definitely, especially when you're away, when you're traveling there. So, uh, yeah, I just I don't know why people get so up in arms about some of this stuff, though. Because we're emotional. We're fans. We're emotional. Right, but you don't. I, again, it's it's all about the end product, right? 
you talk about people developing and this and that and the third. Well, the development is the end product. Yeah. You know, right. so, I mean, right yeah. now, this is just putting everything together. Right now, it's trying to get a resume together to make the tournament. Once the regular season's over, you can hope maybe they make a run in the ACC tournament. That's fun, whatever. But it's not really that big of a deal. At the end of the day, you get in the NCAA tournament, and it's a whole new season. You're yeah. starting from scratch. Speaking and, of – go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, I was just saying that just so many people get so emotional about, like, oh, we didn't like expect them to win every single game or this. Like, it doesn't – one seed – all the way to where, you know, we're not going to get a 16 seed ever or all the, even the 13 seed lowest we'd ever get is a 12. But either way, uh, we've seen what we can do when we get these seeds. And, I mean, it's just about getting in the tournament. So you can get mad, but you got to try to take just learning experience and hopefully they can just take, like, again, those experiences to make them better so that the end product it gives us a good tournament to watch, you know? Yeah, um, and, and to piggyback on something we said earlier, at June three 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 five five five, if they get put in a region without Virginia Tech, Duke, UNC, Florida State, or Buffalo, or Buffalo, they could make it make a run in the tourney. And it goes it goes back to what I was saying about you know not having like, to play teams in our conference in in a tur- in the tournament situation. It, no, I can't tell if he's being. No, I think he's no. I don't think he is. Even if he is, I agree with it. I don't care if it's condescending or not. I agree with that. Oh yeah, I I I like to avoid conference foes in the tournament. Obviously, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we would have never got that Syracuse Virginia game a couple years back, which is just amazing. But true, true. Coming back from twenty points down to shock the world. Yeah, it's great. But then we what we turned around and lost to North Carolina, and last year what we we lost to it up. Yeah, so. All right, fan feedback is brought to us by MyBookie. Now, if you've never bet online, you might want to go check that out and see if it's something you're interested in. If you have bet online before and you know what to expect, I would recommend going over to MyBookie. You know, at MyBookie, you win, they pay. They have in-game live betting and the most rewarding player perks in the business. And for all of the fantasy guys and gals out there, you can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game. Join my bookie now and they'll match your deposit dollar for dollar if you use the promo code qs25 to activate that offer visit my bookie online today that's m-y-b-o-o-k-i-e and don't forget to use promo code qs25 when creating your account to claim up to a thousand dollars in free play you play you win you get paid All right, Syracuse heads back to North Carolina on Saturday to face Wake Forest. Wake currently sits 11th in the ACC standings. They're 11 and 16 overall, and 4 and 11 in the ACC. Now, Wake is 189th in the net rankings. The Orange lead the all-time series with the Deacons at 7 and 1. Uh, the uh, Syracuse and Wake first met. Only one time prior to Syracuse joining the ACC, this was in the 2001 preseason NIT tournament, which Syracuse did win 74 to 67. We did meet the last time we met was during the ACC tournament. Syracuse won that contest 73 to 64. Dolzhai scored 20 points in that game, and this oh, yeah. is the only ACC tournament that we have. Wake has had their struggles this year. Joe will get into player specifics, but as a team, they shoot 39.8% from the field, 30.7% from distance, and a better than Syracuse, 72.9% from the line. The individual efforts, Joe, 
uh, led by Childress and Howard. Go, go ahead, take it. What can you tell us about what's going on individually in that team? A team that's struggling, but you never want well, to, you never want to look past anybody, right? As, well, they're not struggling as much as you think. Uh, they have won three of their last six, and looking at their win-loss record, obviously that's not too bad, especially in the middle of the ACC season. Um, they are a young team. Uh, Brandon Childress, coach's son, coach used to play for Wake Forest. Um, not the head coach, obviously. He's an assistant coach, but he's a junior, and he's the leader of that team um, in minutes, points, assists. Steals a lot of um, a lot of categories. So yeah, um, he is obviously the guy um, that's going to be the one you want to watch out for. Um, they got a couple guys. Really, it's just a young team. A lot of the, the guys that they have that contribute. When you look at um, Jalen Horde, he's a freshman from uh, France. Shonda Brown, sophomore. Um, they even have a, which, did Olivia. I, did Sarr. I say Horde or did I say Howard? You said Howard. I did, didn't I? Yeah. My bad. Olivier, that's all good. Olivier Saar, uh, he's a seven-foot center from France. So, obviously, they have um, – they're recruiting <laughs> France pretty heavily. Um, but 6'5 freshman, Sharon Wright Jr., he's a you know, freshman. So, you're talking – a lot of their top contributors up there with Brandon Childress, you're talking about freshmen and sophomores. And it's obviously a team that's only getting better. Uh, in the beginning of the year, they started off as – the worst team in the ACC for the longest time in the power rankings. I haven't seen the recent power rankings, but again, I like think you Pitt's said, back down there. This <laughs> Pitt's Pitt's uh, leaving off where they left off last year. I think. Oh uh, well, yeah, I know they're ahead of three teams now. So uh, again, a team that beat NC State at home. They just beat Miami at home. Uh, in the preseason, they have um, some random questions that they asked uh, players and coaches. And obviously it was confidential. They didn't come out and say who said what, but they're talking about like some of the toughest places to play in the ACC. And some people said Wake Forest. And I don't know what the explanation is or what the reasoning <laughs> could be. I might find out on Saturday, but uh, again, they um, they've won a couple of good games at home. And that's if, if there is going to be an upset or they're going to be a, Syracuse team like this this year, it's probably going to be at home. So that's the well, one thing that makes me a little bit nervous, but this is the last game of the season that we can say is until it comes down to one and done. Um, this is the last game of the season that we can say we have to win. Right. So absolutely. We just got to get it done. Like this is the most important game right now for the rest of the season. And we've talked about this and I don't think, I think when you play at this level, it's less and less of this, but the worst thing a team can do sometimes is underestimate their opponent. And yes. if you're going to, if you know, if you're a Syracuse player going into Wake Forest and you think you're just going to, um, you know, play some, some school ball with them and, and freaking no. yeah. put on a show, you probably got another thing coming. No, you got a, you got a bunch of young kids who are, just still trying to learn how to play together and, and try to get it together. And they haven't had that successful of a season, but this is that time of the year near the end where it's the, you know, what if a miracle could happen? Cause we all know yeah. that yeah. if you can win the the tournament, you can get in. If you can win your conference tournament, you can get in. And even though it seems like it's a million to one shot in those, those kids, those young kids that are still, they're playing better than they have pretty much all year. That's, that's still not, 
in their minds, not just something that can't happen. It's not unachievable in their minds. So um, they get that confidence playing at home. Who knows what their their crowd's going to look like? And, and, and is that's this their really, senior day? I um, don't. I do not know. Uh, honestly, I could find out definitely really really quick. But um, I don't even think they have seniors. Oh, yeah, uh, they have. <laughs> Uh, they have one senior that comes off the bench, but no, their last game of the season is uh, okay. Florida State. Okay, but that's so. some added motivation sometimes. So right, right, but again, just you know, to the kids, they're going to go out there and they're going to play hard. Yeah, and absolutely. Danny Manning is coaching for his job, so yeah, that's like, another thing. That's another thing. So that's you don't want to have a. Gotta, sometimes those teams that are have their backs against the wall, man, and they got to fight. For yeah, everything. well, not only is he coaching for his job, but you're talking about a lot of the guys. Look at. Uh, I mean, the best player on the team, his dad's a coach. The other two, the other top four contributors are sophomores and freshmen who obviously went there because he recruited them. So you're talking about these players are playing with motivation and they're playing better than they have pretty much all year. So, well, um, obviously, Joe, the line's not out, but I mean, I mean, how do you see it? How do you see it? No, we're definitely going to be, we're definitely going to be favorites. I don't think it'll be double digit, but um, maybe eight, nine, yeah. maybe ten. You might see a ten, but it's not going to go up too much more than that. But Sir. I think because of, I think because of the home game, it'll probably be somewhere around eight or nine. But um, Syracuse struggles against teams that they should just wipe the floor with. Right. Yeah, we talk about that. That was in one of the fan feedback comments. Yeah, absolutely like, was. When we play against when we play against bad teams. We only we score, score fifty something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Again. Yeah. yeah. We can't. We can't. We just can't do that anymore. We can't do that with this no. with this team. So hopefully, and again, hopefully, like Coach said, you you know, it would be to to pull good out of two losses that are tough to swallow because we were there for most of the game in both of those losses. To pull anything away from that and build off of that and turn it into a positive and give this team some confidence coming down the stretch, going into tournament time. You know, I mean, I guess it's you got to look at the bright side of things, and hopefully they can do that. That's all I can say. Because but you have to. I mean, what are you supposed to do? Get worse? Dwell on it? Right. And well, you know, I mean, some people do. Some people dwell on it. I mean, some players dwell on that stuff. But I just don't think at this level. I think that's you know bred into and bred into our team. To you know, you can't dwell on stuff. We've seen this team. They've rebound quite good. And uh, I right. do, I don't have too much of a worry about that. My only worry no, would be no. And those games aren't end alls. No, absolutely. No, There's no, no reason to dwell on that. No, absolutely. But and they you shot know? great. So hopefully we can yeah. continue that. That's what I would say. And you never right. know. Battles do our uh, brissettes do for a really solid game. Right. Right. So yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, uh, again, if they play with the confidence that they did against Duke and North Carolina and Louisville. At Wake Forest, I'm not worried. <laughs> yeah. But again, like you said, we tend to just kind of play down to the level of competition. And that's it's, this is what it is. Or up. Our sense of, a sense so. of urgency doesn't go up. You know, we, we get a good lead or a decent little small lead against a team we should win. And we don't put the pedal to the metal. We just kind of cruise, thinking we can cruise at 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. And then a team goes on a 7 0 run. And they're right back in it, just put like the, that. So put the foot on the throat and step down. That's yeah, and we don't we don't seem to have that yet. Sorry if that's too violent for 
anybody out there. Yeah, I, don't I was going to say. <laughs> I wasn't going to go there. Um, I was just going to say Battle of the Metal, you know? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I believe there was a tweet at some point from Joe during football season. Joe get Joe's Joe's hyped. He's hyped during basketball season. Joe loves basketball, but Joe is an animal for football. I have a oh. I have, I have video. I have a video to prove it. So <laughs> hey, football's my thing, man. <laughs> Joe was How an animal in football. Pumped? There was a Damn tweet God. from Joe. There was a tweet from Joe where he said, "Put your foot on their throats. Let's go." Yeah, so, well, when you're talking about cleats and Eric Dungey, that's a different story. <laughs> yeah. um, all right. Well, thank you everybody for listening. I love you guys. Thanks to Tick Splits. Thanks to my bookie. Thanks to. Uh, Armchair All-Americans. Thanks to J.P. Mulligan's Happy Hour every Monday through Friday, 4 to 6, Trivia Tuesdays. And, of course, Dollar Off Labats every Syracuse game. Go there, grab some wings, grab a burger, grab a, grab a Labat, and watch the game if you can't be at it. The game's at Wake Forest, so go there, do that. And uh, thanks, Shoppy Tom Barbershop. And, again, I have to thank you all twice. I do that every time. So thank you. For Joe, I'm Sean. We're out. Thanks for listening to the Q's Militia Podcast, the fan's voice with Sean and Joe. Anyway, all right, well, that's it. You know where to go for the fan feedback and leave your thoughts when I ask for your thoughts at Q's Militia on Facebook and Twitter. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? more confident, capable surgeons, and even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig, inspiring kid confidence.